All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. Good, chilly, brisk. I don't know if it's gotten to you yet. Morning. We have stations all over this great state that uh, carry this program, and some of them are in uh, in Amarillo, almost at Perryton. I have Perryton on my uh, on my Weatherbug app because that's kind of the early warning system for uh, for Texas, as far as I'm concerned. If it's happening in Perryton, it's going to be happening in much of the rest of the state not too much later. And uh, Amarillo carries this program, and and they're cold. And uh, let's see what it is in these various places. Let me just look. And uh, then all the way down to uh, South Texas. And uh, don't know if it's. I'll just. I'll just. I, I should have done this before. I was doing some editing of some r- recorded programs. Let's see what uh, Amarillo has right now. I, I always question a little bit because this is at the airport 32 and 28 mile an hour winds out of the north i think it's hit there you think you think and let, let's go uh to what do i have in south texas i need there's corpus let's see 54 and windy out of the north yeah okay so you're all feeling the joy of a norther um glad i got some work done yesterday outdoors had some more to do, but I guess that will wait. Let's talk gardening. We have plenty of time in the spring yet ahead. 888-256-1080. I hope we have plenty of time in the spring ahead. Uh, it ought to turn nice and be nice for a long time, starting in a few weeks or a month or two, depending on where you are. We have 33 stations that carry this program. I'm live here in uh, in the middle, flat dab in the middle of January. 888 256 1080. Jared Taylor is running the boards and answering the phones. His will be the first voice that you'll hear. He'll say good morning, or he'll say hi, or you're talking to the Neil Sperry program, or however he greets you. And he'll need to know the city from which you're calling. And that's important to me because of what I just said right there. It's 54 in Corpus Christi and 35 or 30, whatever it was in uh, 32 in Amarillo. And everything in between, and, and that really makes a difference in how I answer your question. So please let him know the city. If you're in a tiny town, give him the city that I'll recognize. I'm a native Texan. I've been here a lot of years, but there still are a lot of little towns that I don't know yet. So uh, anyway, let us know that, and then I'll try to help you. We broadcast all the way to Alpine and all the way the other way to Crockett. And so that's really fun. I love this program. I, I have to think. I really have to think. There are other programs that I do. I do four programs a week. Uh, one of them is a daily program. One of them is uh, two hours on a, on a big 50,000-watt uh, AM station. Another is a two-hour program on a, on a smaller AM station. And then this, which just has the power of every station put together. And I love doing this one uh, because it really covers the whole state and makes me think about, okay, now where are these people? How long till the first free, the last freeze? How long? What kind of soil do they have? What kinds of plants do they grow? This is exciting. And, and to listen to a program like this when I'm out traveling or when I can tune in a faraway station, um, I have a, a station I like to listen to early on Saturday mornings, and they're in another state. Um, and I, I get them as on an app that I have on my phone, and, and that's fun. As a member of the Garden Writers and Broadcasters Association, which has a slightly different name now, but I, I listen to other uh, programs and uh, try to see what problems they face, and that's, that's always fun. 
So, uh, the uh, the phone number, if you'd like to get involved in this, uh, calls are coming in now, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We use uh, four lines, and so once they're sold out, they're they're full. And until I empty one, then you'll have to wait. But this is the time to call because they're all available right now. Um it's time to start thinking about your vegetable garden because in central and south Texas, it's time to plant asparagus, and within a week or so, it'll be time to plant onions. North Texas, a week or two later. You can plant cool season color right now in a lot of the state. The only places I probably wouldn't plant cool season color would be far north Texas, and that would be uh, from... Well, the Texas Panhandle and the, the colder parts of the state where it's likely to go down into the teens and, and single digits still. and, and uh, But for the rest of the state, pansies and snapdragons, pinks. Uh, you could also uh, plant uh, stalks in south Texas and petunias. I'm talking about now the southern third of the state. Uh, sweet alyssum, uh, calendulas. Wallflowers. I'm just thinking off the top of my head things that larkspur, things that will look great in in light freezes. Uh, cyclamen will ta- tackle will handle light freezes, 28, 29 degrees, but they wouldn't want to have 20 degrees, for example. But anyway, that's enough to get us started, and let's see what you come up with on your own questions that you might have. That's really more pertinent than what I might dream up and drag in here. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888-256-1080. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening is now in its fifth printing. It is, I hope, your go-to garden reference. I self-published the book so I could finally have the book that I always wanted for you. It covers all topics of outdoor gardening for all parts of Texas. Lawns, landscapes, annuals, perennials, fruit, and vegetable gardening. Chapter 2 is a 48-page calendar. That means four pages per month telling you everything you need to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray in that month. I've never put that in a book before. It's 344 pages. It's a hardback. It contains 840 of my best photographs, printed in San Antonio, not overseas. That way I could keep fellow Texans employed. It's not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. I sign every copy as it sells. Your satisfaction with my book is fully guaranteed, or I'll give you a full refund. 73,000 copies sold so far, and I've not had one request for a refund. It's only thirty-six ninety-five plus tax and postage. That is not much. You look at any other book of this quality in a bookstore, you're going to find it'll be in the mid-50s, $55 or so. $36.95 for a limited time. The sixth printing will go on press soon. There's a paper issue, and I want to encourage you to get this fifth printing uh, because we are, I'm hearing from the printer, trouble getting paper. You're hearing that from other publishers. Paper is in short supply. Thought it was on the press last week. Get a call this week, papers in short supply. Order it now from my office, and we can get a copy to you. I'll put it in the mail Tuesday. It'll be signed, not in stores, not on Amazon. You order it one of two ways. You can call my office Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, at 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way by far, though, is to go online at neilsperry.com. 
N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Now, let me tell you about Mueller, Mueller Steel Buildings for Permanent Storage. Why would you want to pay every month for a storage facility when you can own your own Mueller building? Mueller's backyard buildings are easy to assemble. They're affordable, and they offer a permanent storage solution. It's right there in your own backyard. How accessible is that? With a variety of sizes available and more than 30 colors from which to choose, Mueller's backyard building kits complement any home or landscape. And if your equipment requires Mueller's backyard, stand, uh, their standard series buildings are ready to go to work for you. They are fabulous. From workshops to big barns, these pre-engineered bolt-together size and color options. You can also visit them online if you'd prefer at MuellerInc.com. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com to get a free customized building estimate. And while you're there, click on their color selector tool. Make choosing the perfect combination of colors an easy decision. To find out more about Mueller Steel Buildings and Metal Roofing, call 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or visit them at MuellerInc.com, a great Texas-grown company. MuellerInc.com, Mueller for steel buildings and permanent storage. I'll have more after this message. Okay, I'm going to mix my topics completely right now. I'm just going to make a comment. Our son, Brian, does stats for the TV broadcast, a lot of the TV broadcasts of the the Mavericks, Dallas Mavericks, and one that he had alerted me that he was going to give to Mark Folliwell last night. Um, I I forget how many games. uh, 350 players have played for the Dallas Mavericks through history, and their names are on the court. And Luka Doncic is one. I don't do well on his last name. And they have had 79 triple-doubles through history. And um, last night they had their 80th triple-double. Luka got one. In the first, uh, 349 of those players have 40 of them. Luca now has 40 of them. And I forget how many games. It's tens of thousands of games those 349 players competed in. And Luca's had, how many games has he been in? 130 or something? I don't know what it is, but it's not a lot of games, maybe 180. And he has his 40 triple doubles. But the point I bring up is I, I happened to be watching last night to see if it would happen. And the 10th assist that he got to get his triple-double last night. How does he do those things? If you get a chance to see it on a highlight reel today sometime, it is so beautiful. How does he do it? It's not just a lob pass for a dunk or something. Oh, my goodness. He has a set of of 365-degree eyeballs in his head. I don't know. Go beyond just full circle. Let me go to Gene and Amarillo. We'll bring it back to gardening. That's what I'm supposed to talk about. Gene, this is Neil. Good morning. Burr morning to you. It's kind of cold yes. and windy. Yeah, burr morning. I like that. <laughs> See, How I can have I help some patina, you? I have some patina bushes that I've kind of let get out of shape, 
And is there a certain time to, to prune those, or can I slowly be pruning them now? Well, this is the best time. Um, sometime in the next uh, probably month for you and in the next two or three weeks for most of the rest of the state, they they green up, redden up. You're talking about red tip photinias? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They they turn red and start growing earlier than most shrubs start to grow in the spring, and you want to beat that. You want them to put all of their energy in new growth. And uh, Gene, I'm going to give two answers to this. The one is going to be the the precise answer to your question, and the second is going to be a warning of a disease that those plants have. I don't know how rampant it is in amarillo. Uh, so to your question. Uh, when I when I prune photinias, I prune them with lopping shears primarily because that way I can reach down into the plant uh, and I can I can do a major cut of one branch and then pull it out with my my hand and and get it out of there and you probably won't even see that I have taken that branch out. I cut back the the branches tend to come out in whorls. You'll get uh, you'll get uh, four or five shoots, and one of those will become dominant, and it will be longer. That's the one I'm going for. I'll, I'll prune that off, and I can maybe reduce the height of that branch by two feet, the length of that branch by two feet, and the others are maybe maybe eight or ten inches long, and so I can take a lot of growth off, and it won't even be noticeable because the other shorter branches will conceal that cut. Um, so that's how I do it with, with my photinias. I don't have any anymore, but that's what I did. Um, if, if they have been sheared time after time after time to keep them in a, in a hedge kind of a shape, then that may not work quite that way. But that's, they are best pruned in late January or very early February. And so that's, that's the answer to your question. You're in good time right now and, uh, you can do it. However, you need to do it. If you need to do a major prune all at one time to get it done, I think that would be all right because they're about to make their major growth for this year, and and so you go ahead and prune them and fertilize them and water them as as you come out of the winter, and you should be fine. Now, to the second unasked question, they are they are subject to a fatal disease for which we don't have a a, a cure, and that's called Entomosporium fungal leaf spot. Uh, it begins by turning uh, little spots on the leaves like freckles, a maroon color. And if you ever see that starting, then that's an indication that they're in serious jeopardy or will be. Uh, it looks harmless at, at the outset, but then the next year you'll see that uh, more and more of the leaves are impacted or that a lot of the leaves have started to turn yellow or tan, and by the third or fourth year the, the, the plants are dead. I saw a, a about a thousand foot screen behind a home, uh, a, a row of houses uh, for privacy, and they were all gone. I pointed them out to my wife. I said, You remember three years ago when I took photos of those as they started to decline and put them on my Facebook page to show this is what it looks like. Don't, don't use red tip photinias for this reason. And now I could show the same thing because there wasn't one leaf left on them. I don't know if that's a problem in Amarillo. It's a problem across the whole crescent around the, the three coasts from uh, Washington State down to Los Angeles, across the Gulf Coast and up the East Coast. I don't know if it comes up as far as you are. Maybe it doesn't, have, doesn't get along as well with the colder winters. I don't know. So with the printing off the part that's turning a color, that wouldn't cure it there? No, there's no cure. There's no fungicide that works, and pruning it out doesn't get rid of it. Nothing seems to. Okay. Okay. 
Do you well, see that um, on your plants? No, I haven't. I haven't ever seen that in a couple Good. of places that I've seen the the potinas, and uh, I'll do that on a non-windy day now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, there will be some. There'll be a few. <laughs> I appreciate yes. your call very, very much. Have a have a Thank good uh, good day. Let me go to Stephen, also in Amarillo. Stephen, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Yes. Okay, I've got uh, seed potatoes that I saved back from last year's harvest. Um, they've been stored indoors in a, our sort of gardening supply room in our house. But the temperature fluctuates in there between 80 degrees because we have a machine that runs in there and uh down closer to uh, 65 i happened to open the bags that some of these potatoes are stored in and the eyes have already started to sprout and have gotten rather spindly i would say that they are around three inches long the the uh sprouts on the eyes can i still use them and is there anything i need to do because of the the fact that they've started to sprout so long yeah that worries me a lot because you're still a month or more away from planting time and more than that. Um, and I think they'll be worn out by the time you get there. 80 degrees is way warm for storing seed potatoes. You want it 20 degrees cooler than that. Um, and to, and to have them stored all the way from last year. Um, I, I, I'm worried. Have you done this in other, other winters, other years? No, last year was my first year to grow potatoes. They're great, aren't they? Oh, it's it wonderful. They're the best potatoes in the world, and I didn't grow them for a while because my in-laws are, are well, they're gone now, but they, they were wonderful farmers. But when you're farming four or 500 acres and working from dawn to dusk, um, a little vegetable garden gets in your way. It's just an annoyance, and they always talked about uh, how potatoes were just uh, too much work, too much work. This is up in Ohio, and... Uh, I specialized in other crops, and potatoes are so easy to buy. And so until I became 25 or 30 years old, I never tried a potato. And as soon as I started growing potatoes, man, that's one of my favorites to grow in the garden. I, I think I would start with new seed potatoes. You try them. I think I would not uh, plan on getting a great harvest from them because once they start sprouting and getting spindly, they're running out of, out of steam. So I, I think, and especially to maybe, wait another six weeks to plant them, which would be your proper planting time, I think you're, I think they're going to be gone. Would putting them in the sun uh, to maybe kind of toughen up those sprouts help? They need to, they, no, nah, I don't think so. That's going to, that's going to scorch them because they won't be able to handle the sun. They need to be in the ground, but they can't handle the temperatures that you have at this point. They, they really need to be stored cooler and i don't know of too many people who store from one fall until the next spring i'm sure the old-time farmers did old-time gardeners did somebody has to but uh, i have how, never tried okay, that. so for this year how do i collect and store my own seed potatoes if i don't take them out of my fall harvest I have never done that. I can't tell you. I'd rather be honest and, and just uh, send you to the Internet or give me some time to do some research. I have no idea. I've never heard of anybody okay. trying that. Certified seed potatoes are so readily available and affordable at a feed store 
uh, or a nursery, good independent nursery, that that's all I've ever recommended. I've never had this question in half a million questions I've taken. I have a, here's, you're going to hear my log book. That's my log book of the last year's questions. I have 45 of those, and I've never had that question entered into any of them. So I'm, I'm a virgin on that one. Um, you'd have to store them dark is correct and very cool. I don't think uh, 60 degrees is going to be adequate. I think you're going to be more down in the uh, 45 or 50. I, I don't have time in a break, I don't think, to do that research, but uh, but it would be available online very easily. At what temperature should seed potatoes be stored over winter? I think that search on Google would, would give you an answer within five minutes. All right. Well, thank you very much. You have a great week, sir. I hope you do, too. Thank you, Stephen. Take care. All righty. His line, both lines available now. If you'd like to call, I'd love to hear from you. It's 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Please do call right now. 888-256-1080. My electronic newsletter is uh, Neil Sperry's E-Gardens. And uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said they had an electronic newsletter. It was not a garden newsletter at all. It was something totally unrelated. And they said, we're really happy with the the progress. It's a year old, and we're up to 4,500 circulation now with a high open rate. And I'm pleased with for them, and it will grow. And uh, and so I, I thought to myself, you know, when we're now at 78,000, almost 79,000 with a very high open rate, that is good. I'm thrilled. Thank you to those of you who take eGardens. eGardens is published every Thursday just a little after 6 p.m. It comes directly from my computer to your email. It's like an old-fashioned garden section. And what you get with eGardens is five stories each time. One of those stories will be a featured plant of the week. One of the stories will be a featured question of the week, something I have been asked repeatedly. And then one of the stories will always be gardening this weekend, what you need to do in the next three days or so. It comes Thursday night, so that would include Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's why I write it the way I do, eGardens. And uh, this past week couple days ago, we had a story by Diane Sitton on folk art roosters in the garden. Oh, that was fun. I spent, uh, I spent about an hour on Etsy looking for, uh, for one of those roosters. Didn't find him, but uh, I'll keep looking. And uh, so you will enjoy very much uh, eGardens. It's free and always will be. I'll never give or sell your email address to anybody, nor will I ever spam you. Take a look at eGardens. We always leave one issue archived on my website at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. That's uh, eGardens. Click on that tab and you can see the most recent issue and you can sign up right there. You have to do that. You have to sign up for it. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. I didn't have a lot of time in that break. I had one minute, in fact, but I thought, okay, for, um, uh, for Stephen, I will, I will just quickly do a search. I have Yahoo. I'm the one guy who still has Yahoo up on his, on his, uh, Safari engine. Um, and so at what temperature should seed potatoes be stored university? I always add university in there, so I'll get a university website. And if you do that, uh, on Google or Yahoo or whatever you use, uh, here are the top three matches I got. I got a match from 
this is from Iowa State. What do they know? <laughs> pretty good, pretty good school for ag. Um, here's UC Davis. That's their ag school for California. Proper environment for potato storage. Uh, the uh, one from Iowa State is entitled Harvesting and Storing Potatoes. And then, I don't think these people know anything, Potato Seed Management, University of Idaho Extension. Oh, my gosh. So that information's out there. That uh, can be had. So I hope that'll help. I'll leave that up. Maybe I have time to look at one of those. A lot of good information. I love the university information. It, it helps a lot. And I think Calvin in Milano has uh, called with some help, too. By the way, I need some phone calls, folks. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Call right now. If you tell me, hey, I can't get through to you, yeah, you didn't try today, uh, it soon will be hard to get through as we get into springtime, but not now. 888-256-1080. Calvin, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. You have some experience. Uh, I do, and here's the question. I just got in my truck and cut it on and caught the last part of your last conversation. Okay? Yes. Yeah. Were y'all talking about sweet potatoes or Irish potatoes? I'm assuming Irish potatoes because I heard your comment on correct. sweet potatoes. Yeah, correct. I mean, I heard your comment about they raise a lot of them or something to that effect, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, and here's what this is what works for me, okay? You bet. I, of course, dig potatoes, my potatoes in the spring, and and have a bunch left over because about in the latter part of August or thereabouts, they're starting to sprout. Okay? You're talking and about Irish potatoes. Time, Irish, Irish potatoes. Irish potatoes. Yeah, okay, all right, yes, I'm with you. Irish, Go, Irish for potatoes. Go for it. So uh, <clears throat> I usually have quite a few of them. And, and and I'll go out and plant them in the garden to begin with for the fall crop. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then I'll usually have some left over. And when I plant my regular seed potatoes that I buy at the produce store, okay? Okay. When I plant them, I will plant the rest of those potatoes from the previous year. Now, I've got some right here in the building now, a bunch of them. But I'm going to tell you, but now they are loaded up with sprouts. I mean, they are loaded up. Okay. So I'll plant them. And uh, it's really strange, the results. Now, some years, they just you just eat potatoes just like the regular sleeve potatoes you got from the grocery store. The next year might be a medium crop or so, you know. I've never really figured out why that works, why some years they'll load up, some years they won't. That's something I've never been able to figure out. But as far as temperature... Go ahead. No, as far as the temperature, I've got them in a building out here. Of course, when it gets real cold, I'll close the windows in it, keep them freezing. The ones that are left, I'm going to plant in the spring. And uh, so I don't, you know, have them in a, just whatever the temperature is in that building. And like I said, I'll close one at a time. It gets real cold, but otherwise, I mean, that's been my secret and it's worked for me. If that's the secret, and I, I would think that other people have done that too. I don't know. All right. My, my question of you is to make sure that we're understanding 
you are referring to these as leftover uh, seed or leftover yeah. seed potatoes. Are they leftover from the the crop of springtime, or are they leftover yeah, yeah, after you yeah. harvest the fall crop? No, these these are leftover from the summer. Okay, all right. Well, I appreciate uh, that. summer or spring, whatever you call it. Yeah. You know? And so they're just a tangle when when you take them out sometimes in. Yeah, and you know, I've always thought about uh, cutting them, but I've heard somebody tell me a long time ago, if you cut them and put them in the ground, see, I plant that whole potato. You know, and it might be more anything from uh, golf ball, a little bit bigger, a little bit littler, and I've even had some gray beggars left, and I plant them too, you know. I, I do the same thing. When I buy the seed potatoes, I may cut them in half and let them air dry. But I sure don't cut them down to seeds, down to individual seeds. I want three or four eyes or four or five eyes. But uh, I am certainly I usually not don't have that many eyes. I cut, I cut mine actually yesterday, uh, the ones that are fixing the plant, the seed yeah. potatoes that I bought. How many eyes did you leave? And I leave one eye. Do you? I don't cut them that That's tight. All I leave guess is I never one. had the courage. <laughs> yeah. What kind and, of soil and, do you yeah, have? Yeah. I'm sorry. A sand. Do you? Yeah, my uh-huh. potatoes have to duke it out in a heavy clay. That's not good. No, it's not. And now after after I after I cut these things, what I'll do after I've cut, I'm talking about the ones I cut yesterday that I bought at the store. You know. Yes, sir. I will. I will. I will put them in buckets, but there's not a five gallon bucket full. Okay, and I'll make little cuts at the bottom of that bucket to get them air. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when you cut them, or when I cut them. Uh, two days later, I'll take that bucket over another bucket. Get those on the bottom because you know how they'll bleed when you cut them. I say bleed. I guess that's the right term. Yeah. Well, I will. I will do that because it's so much moisture. And all. I've actually had a mildew a long, long time ago when I, you know, first got into doing this. You know, that'll give me so, a chance and, to dry out. Yeah, yeah, but turn them upside down. Uh, pour them out of one bucket to another, and all them on the bottom are going to now be on top where they're going to get air. Now, once 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 they've healed over, once they've healed over, I don't I don't really do that, you know. Yeah, but when well, I potatoes are a lot of a lot of fun. They're a, they're well, a they lot are of fun. Mm, they sure are. They sure are. Well, I got to run. I really appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. Uh, nice to have that uh, help. Folks, if you'd like to call, love to hear from you. It's 888-256-1080. Appreciate Calvin and Milano making that call. And if you'd like to do the same uh, on anything, uh, that would be that would be great. I'd like to hear from you if you have a garden question. I normally go more for garden questions, but I, on that one, I was uh, grateful for the help. Let me tell you about my book, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. Vegetables is not my specialty. My training is all in ornamental horticulture, which is landscape and uh, garden. Uh, this book I think you'll find to be your go-to garden reference. It's uh, been through five printings now. The sixth printing is ready to run, and uh, I think we have a, a, a source of the paper. Paper is difficult. I heard another national talk show host talking about a book ready to run, but we're looking for trees was his comment. And I thought, well, I'm not the only one then. 
This book I self-published so I could finally have the book I always wanted for you. It has chapters covering all topics of lawns, landscapes, annuals, perennials, fruit, and vegetables, and it's written for every county in the great state of Texas, from the valley to the panhandle, from the Big Bend country and far west Texas all the way to the Sabine River and deep east Texas piney woods. It's, uh, it's for your county. Uh, 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. Chapter 2 is that 48-page calendar that people tell me pays for the book all by itself. It's a calendar telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden. Chapters 3 through 11 are comprehensive in full detail. Chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. It's not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. Where you buy it, not through those traditional sources, you buy it through my website or through my office. You can call my office Monday through Friday, 9 until 5. The office will be open Monday, and it's 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. But the better way by far is to order it from my website at neilsperry.com. Your satisfaction is completely guaranteed. The book is only $36.95 plus tax and postage. It's a hardback on high-quality paper, and it has 840 of my photographs, 344 pages. This is a significant book. I guarantee your satisfaction, or I'll refund every penny. 73,000 copies sold, not one request for a refund. Here are the two ways again, neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, or 800-752-GROW. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Uh, I'll get off the potato thing uh, in just a moment. One of the matches that I had was uh, Iowa State, and uh, their quick answer was potatoes should be stored at temperatures of 40 to 45 degrees. Relative humidity of 90%. Store in dark locations, potatoes turn green. That's for the that's before consumption, I guess. Will start to sprout after two to three months. Uh, anyway, all that information is out there, and I thank Calvin also for his information. Let's go back to the phone lines. We go to Kaler in Brenham. Kaler, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I got a question. We talked a little bit last week about a Bradford pear and how they uh, sort of crown right there. And they're rot. Yes, sir. Anyway, anyway, the conversation, this may be out of your field, but I've got an oak tree with a fork in it, but I've got the third limb coming out, and it's uh, probably about uh, 18, 20 years old. And I've been up there and looked at that, and, and it seems to hold a lot of trash when leaves fall and rain and this and that, sort of a catch-all. I'm a little worried about it rotting there. Is there anything I can do or put tar in it or something like that or just leave it alone? No, you don't want to add anything to it. Uh, you could blow it out on a dry time and just get that out, and that'll make you feel a little better. And, and bark itself will get in, caught in there as an inclusion. Um, in the case of Bradford pears, they grow so quickly that gets pinched, and it is a problem. With oaks, it normally isn't a problem. You don't see oaks breaking like you do the ornamental pears. 
Um, and I don't think that's going to be a problem. Usually with oaks, the branch angle is such that it's more of an L or a, a narrow L. With Bradford pears, it's a tight V, and, and that makes all the difference in the world. Um, okay. you, you'd want to have a certified arborist look at your tree and, uh, and, and, or, or take photos and, and get one to a really, to a forester or someone and just say, is this a tight enough branch angle that I need to worry about the, about the debris catching in there and the moisture? Normally with, yeah. are, these are the live oaks there in, in Brenham? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Normally that's not a problem. Uh, live oaks are usually very, very sturdy. Okay, yeah, I just didn't want to lose a tree because I didn't do something. Okay, I may give an artist to take a look at it or get him a picture. I yeah. appreciate the information. You betcha. Well, I'm glad you called. Have a good day. Thank you, sir. All right, let me uh, tell you about my website right now. I need to get a break in before I run out of time. I got to, got to yakking about potatoes a lot there. It's funny how a program. people sometimes say, what are you going to talk about on your program today, Neil? And I'd say, you know, I have no idea. And if you'd asked me an hour ago, I would have said, you know, I have no idea. Let me uh, tell you right now about my website. I have an idea about that. Uh, there are several things on the website that are noteworthy, and one of them is that is the place you can see 1001 Frequently Asked Questions. That's actually a book I wrote six ago, and that, that publisher went bankrupt right after the book came out. Okay, whatever. And I waited a little while, nothing happened, and so I just put the book. I owned the rights of the book, so I just put the book on my website. No charge. It's there. You can read all the questions, all the answers. It probably be pretty boring reading that way, but uh, what it uh, could do is serve as a wonderful reference to you if you have uh, one of those 1,001 questions. So that's one part of my website. Another is that's the only place you can buy my book, the website and calling my office. I just mentioned the book to you, so if you go to neilsperry.com, that's where you can buy it. It's the only place you can sign up for eGardens, my free electronic newsletter. Every one of the 78,000 people who have uh, who get eGardens each week, every one of them has been to the website to sign up for it at neilsperry.com. Then they've clicked on the eGardens tab. And it's also a place where you can find archived information about Rose Rosette virus and a whole lot of other things. All of that at Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Homegrown goodness, that's what Mueller's all about. They've been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing right here in Texas for 90 years now. And now you can grow a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard. Their easy-to-assemble, bolt-together greenhouses come in five sizes, from 6x9 to 12x21. They feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer trim colors from which to choose. With hail-resistant polycarbonate panels, lockable walk door and windows, a Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year-round. Don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get a great greenhouse from a Texas-grown company. Visit them online at MuellerInc.com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. You spell Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. So that's MuellerInc.com or 877-268-3553. It's Mueller for greenhouses, MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. I love doing this program, and I look forward to having you be a regular part of the program, if you're not already a regular part. 
uh, every Saturday at 11 till noon. And we'll be back next week at the same time. Jared Taylor has been answering the phones and running the boards. And uh, one little factoid that maybe you didn't know, and it comes into into play with the cold weather right now and these strong winds across Texas. Do you know that wind chill really doesn't play a part in when you see the wind chill being 20 degrees colder? That does not change your hardiness zone rating at all. It may scorch the leaves just by drying them out, but it's not going to make a plant less uh, winter hardy in your area. So just keep that in mind. It's the actual air temperature. I hope you have a wonderful week. It's been a great one so far, and let's keep it that way. Thanks for listening. Till next week, happy gardening.